All right, welcome back to another episode of Chalk Talk. Brand new season, season four, episode one. Let's get started here. Big news from the NFL world, specifically uh, Hadley and, and Kutz's favorite team. Carson Wentz, you know, from Philly. Now he's going to Indy to be an Indianapolis Colt. So Hadley, we'll, we'll let you start here. Um, just initial thoughts, reactions, and uh, just overall opinion about uh, the new signee at, at QB1 there. Yeah, Kev. Um, first of all, I'm just as excited for this trade as I am season four of Chalk. Here we go, <laughs> season four. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for this trade. I mean, it's super low risk. Right. It's high reward. It's mm-hmm. like we were talking about the Haskins, except with a guy that we've seen, you know, what his roof is, what his ceiling is. Yep. So I, I think Carson Wentz is a really good fit for us, just like a lot of people do. I mean, people were talking about a great line. I mean, let's talk about the running game that, you know, takes so much weight off of his shoulders. Right. Jonathan Taylor is already a top five running back in my eyes. He's a monster. Um, so, I mean, to have that guy to just hand it off to and then have the line to push, the line to protect, the defense, the cap space to go get more guys around you, which the Eagles certainly didn't have with Carson Wentz on the books. I I think it's a great move for us. I'm excited. I can't wait to see what the draft class ahead is too. All right. And like, you know, just seeing how far the Colts went with Rivers, not saying that, you know, Rivers isn't, you know, he's still a pretty solid quarterback, but like him at that age, and I'm not saying, you know, Carson Wentz is, you know, up to that status of Rivers yet, but I mean, he definitely has potential to, to grow even more and, and, you know, lead the Colts. But, you know, you see what Rivers was able to do at his age yeah, and exactly. certain circumstances. So, like, if he can get them that far in the playoffs and, like, essentially almost get them a three seed, you know, there was a couple games where they probably should have – I mean, just looking at the Steelers game, like, they should have won that game and they should have gotten yeah. a higher seed. So, um, yeah. I definitely think that, you know, Wentz can step in there because he's got, you know, he has talent around him. It's not just going to be like him, you know – they're expecting him to do all the work. He's got a pretty good foundation, both offensively and defensively, to, to help him out. So, Him offering that mobility is something that Rivers did not even slightly have. Right. It, but I am going to miss you, Phil. I miss you so much already. Mm-hmm. His ability to just look at the line of scrimmage, look at the defense, identify every single thing that they're doing, right. and call it was extremely undervalued. I'm going to miss him a lot, but I, I think uh, Wright can go out there, um, do similar things from the sideline. And I'm glad Wentz isn't throwing to Greg Ward and uh, company anymore because that, that was just sad. <laughs> I mean, a, a former college quarterback being your number one target is, is yeah, you got to go. Right, so. right. Um, Sporty, how far do you think uh, the Colts can go now, now that they have Wentz? Uh, here's my prediction. Um, I think if, if Wentz stays healthy, I think they can make it to the AFC Championship game and lose to the uh, Chiefs. Took the words right out of my mouth. Um, okay. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a fair statement. I mean, you still got to beat the guy, and and you know, and the squad there over in in Kansas City. Um, but hey, I think they can. I mean, they practically, you know, they should have probably beaten the Bills. They had their chances, um, and they've proven that they can, you know, beat everybody in the AFC South. Uh, I mean, the Ravens, Browns, Steelers, I, th- I think they're all, you know, 
good matchups for the Colts, but I think that anybody could win one of those, like either of those games. So definitely the Colts. Um, there's not a team that you know. I'm, I'm not saying that the Colts can't beat, but I would take you know the Chiefs to to beat them in the AFC Championship. Um, Sporty, do you think what what do you think it would have to take for the for the Colts to beat the Chiefs? Uh, I think another. I think a long deep threat. I I'm not sold on if Hilton's coming back or not. I just saw uh, Sean Jackson is in, is in a free agency. I don't know if Colts want to go after it. I just think they need that one long deep threat. I, I think they have it made. All right, Hadley, I'll shift it over to you. How far do you think the Colts can go? And if you know, if you don't have them in the Super Bowl, what what do they need to do to, to make yeah, it to the Super Bowl? I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna get off my high horse. Uh, I'm I'm super excited, as you guys know, but I can't be talking Super Bowl yet. You know, there's a whole free agency that we have to see go down. There's um, a whole draft that has to go down. So until right. all that's even close to done, I'm not gonna open my mouth and say the word Super Bowl. However. I don't think that there's a team in the AFC that the Colts can't beat at this moment. I think the Chiefs have shown that they do have their flaws, you know, and they can't just turn it on whenever they want all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Colts have a very similar defense to the Bucks. Uh, I, I, I definitely think they can beat the Bills because they should have beat the Bills this past year. And I mean, any other up-and-coming team, I'm sorry, but I, I, I think this is definitely enough to beat the Steelers now. I, Like you said, I think we just blew that game more than you guys wanted. Right. Um, I, I I think the Browns also, I mean, if they get J.J. Watt, that, that's a serious <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, I see something like you're done now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think there's a team that we can't beat in the AFC right now with Carson Wentz. And this is assuming he plays really well, because you know he could come in and play like garbage. There, that is not out of the question. Oh yeah, it is, and it is a bit of a you know risk factor that we took in the trade. But I think the situation is way too good. He's already being warmly welcomed. I think he's going to be a stud, top five MVP candidate next year. You can write that down. That's something huh. I'm willing to bet. Guys, sporty. Uh, I just saw a thing on on. Uh, ESPN, JJ um, Watt's wife. Okay, wants JJ Watt to be. He wants. She wants him to be a a, a Chicago Bear. <laughs> no, he's not going to the Bears. He's definitely not going. There's to the no Bears. way I would. Why would she? Why would she? Why would she want him to be I, a Bear? Who knows if she? I don't know. Does she have like family there? I mean, who knows if she has family there? She just likes you know the you know Chicago itself, but there's no way. There's a, it's just a horrible fit. There's a better chance of him and Godwin both going to the Patriots than him going to the Bears. <laughs> so we'll, we'll leave it at that there. Um, so, yeah, speaking about the draft, Hadley's uh, mock draft 3.0. wasn't sure. You know, we, did, we didn't post it yet just because yeah, of the whole the whole Wentz uh, trade and stuff. But, uh, you know, you're saying that you're going to probably keep a lot of the guys, you know, where you had them. Maybe it's just a slight move or two. Um, really wanted to look at uh, Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets, and then you had Fields at, at four um, that the Panthers would take him because the Panthers would trade with the Falcons. Um, I know you're high on Fields, 
But uh, Wilson or Fields, in your opinion, Hadley, which which one do you think is a better pick? You know, I think I've always been a Fields guy, but I think the scouts are trying to lean uh, Wilson. Um, I'm still going to – I still think Fields uh, is going to be the better quarterback. Mm-hmm. At least coming out the gate. Um, I'm not saying Wilson can't be better down the road. He he has everything that you need to be a stud quarterback in Arlington. All right. But I I I would I take Fields. Uh, I think at four he's even a steal because if again if this isn't Trevor Lawrence, Wilson could go number one. Mm-hmm. Fields could easily go number one. Yep. So I think getting him at four is a steal, and I think the Panthers is a great spot for him. I think they're a team that's really building right now, building something good. Um, Bridgewater's just a bridge quarterback. I hate to use a pun like that, but <laughs> I think Fields is a really similar kind of guy, but just has so much more of a ceiling. I think he's such a good fit for that team. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, just looking over, you got Kyle Pitts, um, tight end going to the Patriots. I think that would be a good fit for the Patriots, but hey, they still need that quarterback. So I mean, right? You know, if if there's a if the right timing is there and the deal works out, should you see the Patriots trading up to get one of these guys? Yeah, I can I can see um, the Patriots taking a shot, trading up at the end of the first round to potentially get Mac Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. And if not, I can. I could see, you know, Belichick trying to take, like, maybe a Kyle Trask in the second round. Right, yep. Uh, I think they're more focused on getting the weapons for the quarterback as opposed to getting the quarterback for the weapons at this point. Mm-hmm. Because there is nothing there in the receiver court. All right. Um, let's see here. You have – all right, so let's just look at our two favorite teams. You got the Colts taking Jalen Phillips out of Miami, edge guy. Then you have the Steelers. Taking uh, Alex Leatherwood tackle from Alabama, um, Sporty. I know you like the Leatherwood pick. Um, you know, let's just say Leatherwood goes a little bit earlier than expected. Who would you want the Steelers to get if uh, if Leatherwood is not there? I, I, I've got uh, uh, three different picks here. Okay. Um, one is the offensive tackle. Taylor Mayfield came out early this year. Right. Uh, if they can't get him, uh, try to get uh, Harris, the uh, running back from uh, Bama. Right. And if they can't get him, uh, I've seen the uh, Steelers maybe getting uh, ATN. Mm, mm-hmm. Yep. So, there, so those are my three uh, draft picks from the Steelers in the first round. Uh, Mayfield, Harris, and ETN in that order. If, if one of those is available, right? Or, I was gonna say, yeah, Hadley, you have. That's funny. That's what you said that because Hadley has um, the Jets taking Harris at twenty three, Steelers taking Leatherwood at twenty four, and then he has Mayfield going to the Jags at twenty five. So all those guys that you mentioned, I mean, besides ETN, currently does not have ETN in the first round, but all those guys you mentioned, you know, they're right within the same, you know, three picks. So. Um, it will be interesting to see, you know, what happens to the Steelers. Hadley, I saw that uh, Jalen Phillips have him being a Colt. Why'd you have yes. him uh, at twenty-one going to the Colts? Yeah. So 
that's one thing I was contemplating with this mock draft is now that that Carson Wentz trade is complete, Chris Ballard is someone that has found gems in the second round, the third round, fourth round, fifth round, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, so I definitely could see him trading down from that pick. Right. So don't be surprised if he's trading that first or maybe a two and a three. Hmm. But I think Jalen Phillips is one of the safest picks in the draft, that pass rusher. Right. I think he's one of the most technical and, you know, I'd say just better uh, edge rushers coming out of this draft. I think guys like Rousseau, um, I've talked about, is very raw. Right. From what I've seen, he's got a lot to work on, and I don't think the Colts are looking for a project. I, I know there's high upside there, but I think they want a safe, good pass rusher coming out. So I think Phillips is a really good pick. I, the only reason I don't have a tackle there is because, you know, the, I feel like this is a really deep tackle class. I don't think it's a great one, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of tackles that you can draft in the second round. Even Eichenberg. Right, yeah. The second round, and I had him going to the first round, you know, months ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think you might wait on a tackle. And, I, I mean, guys like Bill and Waver are sitting in free agency, so that's another guy you can go after. Right. I just think to get that young edge stud is really what the defense is missing and I, that's that's why I have them thinking that I think the, the, the line is good enough to where if you have a decent left tackle it can still be great yeah. I think the pass rush is something that you have to draft young right um, I think that uh, you know I, I definitely think that Phillips is a, he's a big body and he can definitely um, get the job done with the, with the Colts but uh, so you know aside from football we have um, some news coming out of the NBA with the the Lakers. You know, Anthony Davis currently uh, injured. Really, is going to affect how you know the Lakers play in the next couple weeks here. Um, you guys think that the Lakers can still, um, you know, get that one seed in the West, or um, are they going to be somewhere around like a two or three range without Davis? It's pretty good. Uh, I, I think they're going to be a two seed. With with him hurt, I don't think they're going to rush him back. I think they're going to probably keep him out as much as possible, just to save him for the playoffs. Um, I hate to say it though, but um, him getting hurt again could uh, ruin his ruin his season and ruin the chances of them uh, of winning. You know, the Western Conference. So I think. They're going, to, they're going to have a little decline, but still be the two seed. And I think the Jazz will hold on to the number one seed out in the West. All right. Hadley, go ahead. Yeah, my answer would just be what does it matter at this point? Right. I mean, that we've seen what they can do in the playoffs. Um, and things are so jumbled in the West. The standings change every day. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the seven seed you're playing is that much worse than the four seed that you'd be playing. Right. So I, I think uh, as long as they're in the playoffs in that top four, I mean, they're looking good uh, as long as AD's healthy. So I think you hold them out like Sporty said. And you just, you know, you got LeBron. You got a heck of a team without Anthony Davis. Let me say that. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not playing with bona fide scrubs like Kwame Brown. He's playing with studs like Schroeder and Harrell and 
there are some really good role players on that team. So I, Kuzma. <laughs> Kuzma. Kuzma. I think they have a really good team. I think they'll still be probably a two seed, which is probably going to be enough to get to at least the Western Conference. I say something right, right. Sport, go ahead. Uh, I saw stats that uh, with and without Davis, uh, the Lakers, uh, without Davis, they, uh, Lakers stats were better without Davis in the lineup. Well, that's, I mean, I think, you know, some of the guys have to step up and they t- take a whole new role and Davis isn't in the lineup. So, I mean, they're not a better team without Davis. It's just, you know, they kind of step up in a different way and guys take on a different role to, to get the job done. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say that the Lakers, they're going to end up being the two seed. I think they're just going to really, I would honestly just shut down Davis till, I mean, unless you're really starting to fall into a slump and fall into the standings, I think you got to shut him down till, till the playoffs and, and then that way he's ready to go come playoff time because, I mean, for them it doesn't really matter what seed they get as long as, you know, they finish in the top four. Like Hadley said, they'll be they'll be good to go and they'll be able to beat whoever. I mean, I'd rather have Davis, you know, sit now until playoffs and then him, have him, you know, healthy, um, you know, once they play the Clippers or the Jazz or somebody out east. So, um, yeah, if I'm the Lakers shutting down Davis – um, really allowing, you know, some other guys to get some playing time and figure out who's going to step up and, you know, because that'll help them. What what if Davis gets hurt again? You know, if he gets hurt again, uh, they're going to need to figure something out. And uh, right now is just a good time to kind of test the waters and see um, what they have and who can really fulfill his role. If I mean, if it's a couple of guys that take on that role, so be it. But they have to figure out some kind of uh, system so that way they can not only compete, but, you know, win the game. So um, I think it's definitely definitely an interesting, you know, situation and could become a little bit difficult, but, you know, you got LeBron at the helm, so I think that ultimately they, they can get it done. Um, so staying with the basketball topic, switching to college basketball, I got a couple bubble teams just because we've seen um, a lot happen. Uh, in college, throughout college basketball. So, fellas, I got a couple teams here. Just, just let me know if they're, you know, if they're still, you know, in contention for the tournament, or has their bubble already uh, come to a burst? Um, so, first team we'll start with. We'll start with uh, the local Penn State Nittany Lions. Do you think uh, are they still in the hunt, or you know, has the bubble bursted for them? I guess if you should say. Um, are they a team that's going to have to win their their conference tournament to get an automatic, you know, bid in? Sporty, we'll start with you. Uh, they're bubble bursting. Um, <laughs> right around the Nebraska loss, I know it's a terrible loss, but um, they are one and seven on the road. They've lost four out of the last five games, so they will have to win their conference um, tournament. In the, they win their conference, right? To, yeah, to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, tournament. right. Hadley, they are, very, they are very inconsistent. Right, Hadley. Yeah, I mean they they played uh, pretty well. They had some big wins against uh, Virginia Tech. Now they're not they're not making the tournament right now. Yeah. Um, they they just you know they have that win. But their record is what like seven and twelve. 
7-Eleven. Yeah, 7-Eleven. They're going to 7-Eleven after uh, another loss. <laughs> if you were playing against uh, the top eight teams every week, I mean every game, uh, that would be a good record. But considering they've had those, you know, lollipops that should be Nebraska in there. Right. It's a no. It's a no. Yeah. I mean, quality wins. I mean, I was just looking, you know, I mean, they've, they've beaten Maryland, but you know, that's, I don't know if that's necessarily a quality win just because, I mean, Maryland's kind of, I mean, they're on the bubble themselves. But, I mean, I think their two their two wins that have really helped them are uh, Wisconsin and Virginia Tech. Um, I mean, I know they split with Wisconsin. I'm trying to think, you know, they they ultimately probably should have beaten Ohio State twice because so that could have been a huge momentum swing for them. Um, they had a tough loss with Seton Hall earlier in the year. They're, they're on the bubble. They beat a good VCU team who, again, is on the bubble. So, I mean, their strength of schedule, you know, it's one of the hardest schedules in all of college basketball, but at the same time, um, you got to win the game. So, right now I have them, uh, their bubble popped, and they need to win their conference tournament. All right, going now to the Pitt Panthers. Um, I was looking at their schedule, quality wins. Probably beating a Syracuse team twice is going to help them. They beat Virginia Tech. Um, we all know their bad loss to St. Francis to start the year. Uh, and another bad loss. I mean, Wake, Wake Forest, uh, NC State, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame. Um, so, I mean, it, it's tough because, you know, they were – besides really, I think, the Notre Dame game, they they were in all those games and they, they probably should have – I mean, they really weren't in the St. Francis game, but, you know, that's obviously a team you got to beat. But, uh, Hadley, we'll start with you. Is this Pitt – are they still in the bubble? Yeah, I would say that they are either the first in or first out. Cool. Like, All right. Team. Okay. Like they are like the definition of the bubble right now. I was I was a little bit shocked about that answer. Okay. All right. That's yeah, fair. I'm not, I'm not a big guy, um, but they're they're right there. Right. I mean, they're they're. God. I would personally say they're out. And maybe the first one out, mm-hmm. but I mean, they're—you could argue they're playing better than Syracuse. So I—I I mean, they beat—they beat them twice. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I would have them as—you know what? I'll even say that they are the last team to be in at the moment. Who? <sighs> all right, that was very, very generous. Um, that I was—that's that. You're more generous than I am. So I was—I'm pretty oh. shocked about that. Sporty, <laughs> where do you have Pitt at right now? Man, I, I. I have Pitt on the same level as Penn State right now. They gotta win their conference tournament to be in to be to be in the March Madness. Right. Yeah. They lost. They lost. Pitt's lost five five out of the last six games. Right. Um. So, kind of like Penn State, uh, they're they're playing way too many games in a row and they're losing. Yeah. And you, you cannot have that come tournament time. Right. Um, when you're losing when you're losing more games than you're winning come tournament time, the onlookers look out. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think I still, I don't know. It's going to be very tough. I really think that loss to St. Francis is what if they even if they win a couple games here and, and they win a couple games in the ACC tournament, I think. It's going to be tough. It, it, it all depends who they beat in the ACC tournament. I mean, if they can finish out here with right around a 500 record in the ACC um, and then, you know, they win a couple of games in the ACC, ACC tournament, I think they're right on that, you know, 
first four out, next four out kind of deal. But right now, I don't even I don't even have them. You know, first four out, next four out. I think they're, you know, the ninth, tenth, eleventh team to be out right now, just with the way that they. I mean, they're talented enough to get a tournament, but they're just not winning the games. They got a lot of close games, but they're just not winning, and they're not beating the teams that they should be beating right now. Um, speaking about Syracuse, Syracuse is technically on the bubble right now. I think with a twelve and six record, their quality win probably was Virginia Tech. Uh, that's probably their only big time win. Um, probably. I, I didn't really find um, any bad losses for them. I guess you could say Pitt losing them twice could be an issue. But, uh, Sport, do you have thoughts about Syracuse? Uh, they, they've won four of their last six games. Uh, they're, they're playing a, a lot better. Uh, I think their record's what, 12-6? Yeah, 12-6, six, six, yeah. I'm going to say that they're going to be one of the teams in, in the tournament, so I'm going to have them in. Hadley? Yeah, I got to put them in as well. I like you said, Pitt being on the fringe there and losing to Pitt twice isn't the best thing for them. Mm-hmm. But also, like you said, they don't have any like big big losses. Right. So I I think with their record being good enough, uh, even though it is it is it is a weaker ACC than we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. I I think it's plenty enough. I think they're definitely in right now. All right. Um, yeah, I would definitely have them in just with the, you know, their record right now. I mean, it's, they're winning some close games, but hey, they are, you know, it doesn't matter how you win, they're, they're getting the job done and they are winning, you know, they're, they're struggling a little bit. I mean, they probably should have beaten Pitt, you know, once I think they were up by 15 to 20 points on Pitt, the first matchup. So, um, I think they're just, you know, talent wise, I think they're missing, um, just you know, a key guy outside of the starting five to, to come in and kind of spark them. So, but right now I'd have them in uh, St. John's. So we talked about the first Champagne brother, um, and now we got the other Champagne brother on St. John's. They they quality wins. They beat Villanova. They beat UConn, but some bad losses. They beat or they lost to Butler and Georgetown, uh, sitting with a fourteen and eight record. Um, I would have them still on the bubble. I think they can still find a way to get in. Um, I mean, again, Big East is, they got a lot of teams that are kind of right around the same record and they're all, you know, kind of canceling each other out. But I think St. John's, you know, that big win against Villanova, I think that could ultimately help their bubble situation. So, Hadley, what what do you think about uh, St. John's? Yeah, I have them in right now. I think that uh, that win against Villanova showed that they can compete. I think the Big East is definitely like, you know, in previous years, You'd look at the Big East versus the ACC and be like, "That's that's not even close." But right, this year, right. it's like those those conferences are very similar. So if you have you know a good record and a similar conference record, like to a team in the ACC, mm-hmm. you know, you, I think I think they deserve to be in with what they're at right now. Yeah, sporty. Uh, I did a little I did a little research on these teams. Uh, St. John's. Uh, They've won seven out, of, seven out of the last eight games they've won. So I know they had a big win against uh, Nova. So I'm going to have them, have them in. Yep. Yeah, I think they, uh, yeah, they're definitely playing. They're, they're on a hot streak right now. And, I mean, you know, towards February, you got to be on a late surge there to, to push towards the bubble. If you're playing some some good basketball, you know, in February, chances are you'll probably have a good shot to get a tournament. Um, 
Sticking with another, uh, you know, maybe a, a smaller school, but we have uh, St. Bonaventures, who, um, you know, in my last uh, bracketology, I had them as my the first team to be out. I think, you know, c- come tomorrow, I think they can definitely deserve to be back in, um, depending on what happens, you know, today and tomorrow with, with some other teams. But St. Bonaventures, again, I don't think they really have a, a quality win, but they're they're getting the job done. They, they beat VCU, who, again, is on the bubble. To beat Richmond, who is another bubble team, bad loss might be to to Rhode Island, but uh, the Bonnies I've seen them in a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know projections. I've seen them anywhere from like a 9, 10, 11, 12 seed. So I, I definitely think that they they deserve to be in right now, and their bubble is still alive. I mean, heck, they could be you know they even if they don't win uh, their conference tournament, I think they can still still get in. So uh, Sporty, what do you think about the Bonnies? Uh, like I said, I did another research on this team. I, it's about winning um, closer to the tournament. Right. Um, in the last ten games, St. Bonaventure they are uh, eight and two. Yep. So if they keep that streak going, I'm going to say they are going to be in the tournament. All right, Hadley. Yeah, I look at the at the uh, teams they've played. It's nothing special. Right. Um, for them to have the record that they're at right now with real, I mean, some challenges, like you said, Richmond and company, but mm-hmm. I'd say right now they're probably just out, and I think it's going to come down to can they win their conference. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of iffy teams in there um, that are right on the bubble. There's not there's not one team that's kind of been like, you know, that, that dominant team, um, but uh, we'll see how things shake up. And then our last bubble team, we got Ole Miss, who's kind of come on as a as a late kind of a, kind of a late bloomer. Um, really didn't see them kind of even in bubble consideration, but uh, they're they're playing some all right basketball. Quality wins against against Tennessee, uh, Missouri. I, I mean, in my opinion, those two teams, Missouri's probably kind of fallen off the. I mean, Missouri's still in, but they're kind of falling off the map more, I guess I should say. But I I don't know how I feel about Tennessee or Missouri. Uh, Tennessee, they're they're inconsistent. I mean, Missouri is just as consistent. They've lost, I think, like three straight games or something like that. But uh, so those are two quality wins for Ole Miss, and I would say their two bad losses came to the same team with, with Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I mean, I think I don't know SEC again. They're down this year. Um, Alabama and you know Tennessee and. Maybe Missouri, uh, I don't know. Maybe Florida, LSU. The, the, I mean, those are the you know top teams this year. You know, you don't have anything out of Kentucky, nothing from Auburn. So I mean, there's not really you're not getting much help from the rest of the the conference. So I mean, I think it it was a little too late, uh, too little too late for for the Rebels. But uh, who knows if they can, you know, get on a hot streak here, maybe make it to the SEC championship. And, and lose to Alabama, maybe they have a shot, but I would say as of right now, I don't think that they deserve to be in. Hadley, go ahead. I think they do. I think uh, I think with where the standings are right now, they're right on, you know, like, for example, Missouri's tail. And they're ranked. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'd have them in. I, I haven't seen any bad, bad losses. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they're getting hot at the right time. So I, I I think they do deserve to be in right now. Okay. Sporty? 
I know the research on this team. Uh, <laughs> Ole Miss, they've won four out of the last five games. And like I said, preached before, got to get hot. Got to get hot towards March. Yep. And all these teams, all these teams that we've said are going to get in, they've all, they've all getting hot at the right time. Right. Yeah. It's just a matter of you know what 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 happens you know, um, outside of them like you know teams within their conference and it really ultimately comes down to you know what they do themselves um here in this last stretch of february here um all right so yeah we're talking about some some smaller schools that are you know trying to make a name for themselves to get into the ncaa tournament um another you know kind of a, a not so uh what's what i'm looking for here not not a power five school here we go we have the, the group of five uh, switching gears to college football, UCF they've you know they slowly developed a brand and they and they've made a you know name for themselves you know starting small and, and you know they they've won some games on on the big stage and they're really developing their brand so they're a, they're a smaller school that's getting getting some credit. Uh, they just hired Gus Malzahn from Auburn after losing their coach to Tennessee, which I think in in my opinion I think this is a better hire for them. Um, so my real question here is. You know, if UCF, if they if they win, you know, 11, 12 games, um, I mean, ultimately, I think they're going to have to win 12, you know, 12 to 13 games, uh, you know, to have a shot to make it to that, you know, top four. But um, do you think the committee will take UCF uh, a little bit more serious now that they've, you know, shown what they can do and, and Malzahn at the helm? Um, let's just say they go 13-0 and 0 next year. Not saying they will, but if they go thirteen and out, could we see UCF make the make the playoff next year, Adley? I think it would take um, a, like a very bad season out of a lot of teams for them to still get in. Mm-hmm. And that's no disrespect to them; it's just the committee is so biased towards the SEC in particular, right? That I do not see, you know. If there's an SEC team that's undefeated and then there's one two losses, I think they're given the two loss team um, the the fourth seed. I, I think that's just how the college football playoff seems to work, and it's definitely why it should be expanded and or changed in right. general. Right, Sporty. What do you think about the uh, the Golden Knights and their, their playoff chances? Uh, they'll have to have any consideration. They need to be for the uh, committee. Team, look at them. They need to be like a top fifteen, top top ten team for them to even have any consideration. Right. I feel like uh, ever since Scott Frost left um, to take over Nebraska, I feel like they never had that defense, that dominant defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they've their offense has been really good, but their defense they always seem since Frost left. It always seems like. They're always in a trap. They're always catching up. Trying right. to catch up. All right. So, I think with Gus uh, Malzahn, I, I think he'll turn the defense around. Uh, is there a quarterback back this year? Uh, oh, no. Well, obviously Milton's at Florida State, but uh, Dylan Gabriel, I'm not sure if Dylan Gabriel's back or not. Uh, I'd, have to, I'd have to double-check that, but... Uh, but, you know, yeah, Gabriel's a guy, I mean, I, I saw him, uh, you know, he, he they put up a lot of points against Pitt. I mean, you know, Pitt, the, Pitt did beat them in their last uh, last matchup. But, no, yeah, UCF, offense is explosive. 
Defense, you know, needs some work. Um, but ultimately, um, I think, you know, like like you said, Hadley, I think they're going to need help from, you know, the other conferences. You know, you're going to need some SEC teams to, to cancel each other out uh, multiple times throughout the season. Um, you know, Clemson's probably going to have to lose to somebody. Uh, and, I mean, I think that they – it's going to be a long stretch. I mean, obviously, they're going to have to go 13-0 and and do it in a, you know, dominating fashion. I just don't think they're going to go, you know – 11 and one and be considered. I don't even think they'll be considered. Um, even if they go 12 and one. Um, but, uh, I, I do think with, with Malzahn, you know, with his reputation, I do think the committee gives them a little bit more of a, you know, more of a chance just with, with the coach and the, in the name now. I mean, like ultimately let's just say not this would ever happen, but let's just say Nick Saban would have taken UCF. You know, I do think that, the playoff committee would be like, oh, hey, Saban's coaching them. They are 13-0. and Even if they haven't beaten, you know, a lot of top 10 teams, I still think that they would be in consideration for who's coaching them. Now, I'm not saying Malzahn is anywhere close to Nick Saban, but Malzahn, you know, he, he's shown that he has been successful in the past, and I think getting a big hire like this helps their cause, but I don't think they're quite there yet, in my opinion. I agree with you. I think the committee is driven by ratings. Right. And I think that's why they're constantly trying to get that Alabama and Clemson matchup in my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's that's the big money T V that everyone wants to see. Right. Um so I, I, I agree with you. I think if a huge coach went there, which I think Malzahn's pretty big, I, I don't I don't think he's groundbreaking. Right, right, no yeah. It's definitely an, definitely an upgrade. Definitely an upgrade from where yeah, they were. Yeah, but I, I definitely do think that the committee is super biased Fun. Right, and I mean, I think even in a in an eight, if, let's just say you expand to eight, if they if they go thirteen and zero, I would you know hammer that they're definitely getting in. If it was an eighteen eight team uh, playoff, so but I still think they're got the highest they can get. You know, even with going thirteen and zero, the highest that they can get is, is that six. I I don't even see them getting into you know that first team out there at the at the number five spot. I think if they go thirteen zero. You know, beat who they need to beat, and they do it in a dom- dominating fashion. Um, the highest they can get is six. I just they, they need help from from a lot of other you know schools. You know, the Power Five schools to kind of cancel each other out, and uh, it's just going to be very very difficult for them to do. Which ultimately, you know, leads us to our point: expand the college football playoff, just so that way, um, you know, you're giving credit to to the teams who deserve it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't ever see a day where you know it's just a power five, you know, top four, and then it's a group of five top four. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. But um, you know, I do see the day where it could expand to six or eight, maybe twelve, sixteen. So um, just make us all happy and expand it to sixteen for us. So because <laughs> um, I mean, ultimately, you know, if you're seventeen or eighteen, there's no there's no complaints as to you know why you didn't get in, you know. You're probably sitting at 17 or 18 with probably, you know, two or three losses. So, you know, it's on you for not, you know, getting into a 16-team playoff. So, um, it's a, Kev, it's a joke. It's a joke. I, I, I'm sorry, but I'm not a college football fan. I have, I have very much gotten into the draft process. But mm-hmm. college football itself is broken right now because you have the same few teams that are getting in every year. Right. Not even showing that much interest because they're just used to it at this point. Yep, yeah. Then you're not getting any of the rest of the country. There are so many fan bases out there 
that you could be introducing to the college football playoff scene, mm-hmm. and it could be the best day of their lives when they see their name in there. Right. At yeah. 16. Yeah. So, I mean, having the top four every year, you have a very similar idea every year of who that's going to be. Right. You have to expand just that way you're creating revenue and getting people excited to watch college football. Yeah. And I mean, I, you, you can definitely take, you can definitely do it like, you know, the FCS or, you know, Division Two, Division Three, how they set up their playoffs. I mean, ultimately, I think you could do is every, every, or every, uh, yeah, every conference gets an automatic qualifier. Just to be, you know, just to lay that out there, be fair. Um, and then you take, you know, um, you could do a 24-team playoff where, A, you could either take the top 25 and just chop off the 25th team, or you could take 24 teams, you could take the conference champion winners, and you could take, you know, your at-larges. And then you still don't lose your bowl game and your revenue because each game that is played throughout the playoff is sponsored by whoever. Right. So you're not right. losing any money from, you know, your sponsorship you're actually probably gaining more money because more people are invested into, oh, my team, this isn't, this isn't just another bowl game where, you know, if they win, they're done. If my team wins, they're advancing to play another game. So, like, you're still – you would probably get more viewers, I would say. I mean, honestly yeah. – I mean, honestly, if you look at the bowl season, people watch – people do watch the bowl games just because they want to watch football. But at the same time, I think you get even more money and excitement over – um you know, a, a quarterfinal matchup versus, you know, I don't know, something like the the, the Idaho Potato Bowl. Like, honestly, like, yeah. um, but, I mean, you still don't have to lose the Idaho Potato Bowl as your sponsorship. You could still put that in as, as a, within your tournament, you know, bracket. But, uh, yeah, definitely needs to expand. Sport, do you have any, any thoughts on the college football playoff before we end here? Yeah, I just think it's a, it's a combination of Clemson and, and Alabama now. It's sickening. I mean, sickening to watch. It's, I mean, to be able If you're not at, if you're a Alabama Clemson fan, you have a set for life. <laughs> I mean, right. yeah. Until, unless they get new coaches or something happens to their program, Alabama and Clemson will be in the playoffs about every, every year. So get used to it. Guys. Right, you'll get at least one of them every year. So one of them every year. Top four should get buys, okay? So then, you know, the four gets buys, and then the other, you know, five plays well. Okay, okay, that, that, that's you fair. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Then you'd, yeah, you'd, then you'd have twelve, you know, twelve, twelve playoff teams playing the uh, first first weekend. So. All right, that's fair. That's fair. Um, Hadley, any last words? Yeah, I, I mean, just looking at, for example, Indiana, they had a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. If you have that fan base at a 15 seed, they're jaw on the floor happy. Right. The the community is excited. You're having you know shirts be bought, mm-hmm. which is creating revenue. Right. You're having the whole area, the whole college excited for the game. Gonna watch it. Gonna tune in. The whole state is. Oh yeah. And I mean, it it just makes no sense to me because you're getting everyone watching all these games from communities, and you're building actual fan bases. How many people do you see from Altoona, PA, liking <laughs> Ohio State? Right. I mean, there's not many. Alabama. Right. It's because Penn State, as great as they are, they they haven't been in the scene, 
and right. people get bored and right. lose it. Yep. But yeah, they, it's it's definitely very flawed. I got change. one more thing to say. Go ahead, sport. Go ahead, sport. Okay, my last thing. Have a rule. Please stick to the rule. Don't change. Don't change rules just because of one team. Right. Yeah. That goes. That goes for just across sports. You know, that's just a general rule of thumb. You, you got to really. You got to stick. You got to stick by it. So, um, we'll end on that note. Next week, we'll be back to talk uh, some, some some basketball and uh, episode two of season four. We're gonna you know bring on some uh, some baseball talk. So, um, you know, Screw you, <laughs> wanted to wanted to mention this last little tidbit uh, with with episode one of season four. You know, starting uh, starting tomorrow, we'll have a uh, the uh, the Instagram page going up, uh, new release. So go give us a follow, um, and uh, just you know, just another way to 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 rep the brand and uh, spread some news about Chalk Talk. So we'll be back next week.